on God. Because if, if I had to preach the whole revelation, I think we would have to take about three, four months. So um, for now, I'm just condensing it uh, into four lessons. So this is our third lesson tonight. And tonight I want to just, um, because I think it's, it's critical that we teach this now. And this is why God led me to do it now. Because now when, since the pandemic, you're going to hear so much, um, you're going to hear so much about the end times and, you know, it's, it's, it's really the signs of the time and all that kind of thing. And I want to empower you guys um, to know the truth because the truth sets us free. And we need to know that we are free because we are now free to uh, live and have our being in him. Okay. There is no freedom if we have fear. And what the end time doctrines have done with the church is plant fear in the hearts of, of the, the Christians. And we do not have fear. So what does freedom mean? Freedom from fear. We are here to rule and to reign with Christ. And I, I believe Christ is really waiting on us. <laughs> we are the move of God in the earth now. All right. We are the move of God. We're the next move. And let's not be the next one. Let's be the move of God right now. So um, let's go. And I'm just going to tell you something. Um, tonight I'm going to talk about Matthew 24, which is famously known as the, the signs of the end times. Okay. So what has robbed the church of power is a futuristic gospel. So we still, the church is still waiting for something to happen. And actually it has already happened. And the only thing that needs to happen now is that we are ruling and reigning with Christ in Mount Zion, from Mount Zion. And we are ruling and reigning on this earth. And the earth is busy groaning, groaning for the revelation of the, uh, the manifestation and revelation of the sons of God. So as we receive revelation of the Son of God, as we receive more revelation and we come, what is darkness? The Bible speaks about darkness. And the Spirit one day said to me, you know what darkness is? He said darkness, we know darkness is the lack of light, but darkness is also um, ignorance of truth. And we don't want to be in any darkness because we are the light and if we are the light we are saying that we are revealing the mysteries of god okay we are stewards of the mysteries as the word says so i want to speak about i just want to tell you um the, a little bit about the temple now the temple was the word i can say is uh, extremely important uh, to the people of Israel, all right? That I just want to tell you the dimensions of the temple is like mind-blowing, just so you can have an idea, because remember, this temple, the disciples were so in awe of this temple that they, they said to Jesus, so this temple must have been something else to behold. Let me just, I just want some more people coming in. So this temple was something to behold. 
Israelites went their whole lives, went about the temple. And this is what uh, Prophet Kirby was saying. Our lives should be about everything to do with God. Okay, so everything had to do with the temple. And the dimensions of the temple, just to give you an idea, um, is 460 meters. The dimensions of the temple of Jerusalem um it's quite staggering. It's 460 meters expand out to the east, 315 meters to the north, 280 meters to the south, and the western wall was 485 meters long. The walls above ground, above the ground, arose 30 meters. Now that's equal to about um I don't know how many stories, 10 stories. That's about 10 stories high. This is the dimensions of the temple. So I just want to take you back in time and, and we need to understand how magnificent this temple was. It took a, 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 up a space of about 17 hectares. Now that is, that is bigger than a small holding and also when Herod came into power, he enlarged the temple to about 36 hectares. Okay, so it was a massive, massive, massive center of everything was the temple. It was absolutely magnificent. All right. So let's go into, um, I just want to say the book of Revelation before I start is it's nearly like a summary of the whole Bible. Isn't that, I mean, everything in the book of Revelation, you find elsewhere in scripture. So it's a summary. That's what Revelation is. It's a summary of the whole Bible. And if you understand Revelation, the book of Revelation, then you can understand the rest of the Bible. Okay. So, um, it, it, the, 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 the book of Revelation reveals God's, plan for mankind the mystery of christ it reveals the mystery of christ because revelation 1 verse 1 already starts by saying this is the revealing the apocalypse the unveiling of the christ okay so the word revelation we know i said before means apocalypse okay so when you hear the word apocalypse everybody goes like holds their breath and says oh that is still something that needs to happen on the earth. No, apocalypse means the revelation of Christ, the appearing, the coming, the bringing to light, the manifestation of the Christ. Okay, so now we're going to start in Matthew 24, the famous end time chapter. That is um, the stumbling block. So, after tonight, you you should be a teacher of the word as well. So that's what I'm empowering you to do. So when people come and ask you for the reason why you believe the way you believe, then you have revelation and you have knowledge. Okay, let's go to Matthew 24. Um, Matthew 24. Okay, let's start. And if anybody wants to add something, you are welcome. This is a discussion. We can have a discussion to together. 
So it says, uh, Matthew 24, verse 1, as Jesus was leaving the temple courts, his disciples came to him and they pointed out the beautiful aspects of the architecture of the temple. And Jesus turned to them and said, take a good look at it. Because I'm telling you, there's going to be nothing left of this. Not one stone is going to be left upon another. And we are so thankful to Jesus that that thing is not standing anymore because now we are the new temple. Okay. So verse 3 says, when they arrived at the Mount of Olives where Jesus was, his disciples came to him and said, tell us, when will all these things happen? And what sign will, can we expect to signal your coming? and the completion of this age. Now, I want to tell you something. This chapter has been used as the second coming of Christ. Now, I want to tell you tonight, this has nothing to do with the second coming of Christ. Okay? So, let's read on. Verse 4, Jesus said, At that time, deception will run rampant. So beware that you are not fooled. For many will appear on the scene claiming my authority or saying about themselves, I am God's anointed, which is what happened in that time. And they will lead many astray. You will hear of wars and rumors of wars. Oh, does that ring a bell with end time teaching? Don't give in to your fears for the breaking apart Ooh, I love the Passion Translation. For the breaking apart of the world's systems is destined to happen. Now, I want to tell you, when it speaks about the world's systems, it is speaking about the Jewish temple, mosaic uh, law, rituals, and regulations, that whole law thing, that is what he's speaking about here. I think I must do it in the the modern, the, the, the King James, because it's going to ring a bell when I hear it as to what you've heard. And you'll hear of wars and rumors of war. See that you're not troubled, for these things must occur. Then he says, but the end is not yet. Okay? Who was Jesus speaking to? The disciples. And he said, the end of something is coming. All right? He says in verse um, 8, all this is the beginning of sorrows. Then they'll deliver you up to be afflicted and to kill you. Now we know all the most of the disciples were killed, all right? And you will be hated of all the nations around you for my name's sake. And then many will be offended and will betray one another and will hate one another. And many false prophets will arise and deceive many. Okay, now he says, and because iniquity will abound, the love of many will become cold. Verse 13, but he who endures to the end, the same will be kept safe. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be proclaimed in all the world as a witness to all the nations. Now I want to tell you, the gospel of the kingdom was proclaimed to all the nations. All right. So we are now here to 
reveal the kingdom of God, but don't let anybody tell you that the the kingdom of uh, um, the kingdom of God and the gospel has not been proclaimed to all the world. It has. He was speaking about all the Gentile nations in that world, in that specific time. All right. It was proclaimed to all the nations. He said, I will bring the Gentiles in with the Jews and they'll become one man. Okay. Therefore, all right. Now, let's go to... I just want to get my... Get all the scriptures. All the scriptures. Okay. So... We have to go and look at the time frame. All right, let's look at the time frame. And then it's going to all tie up with Matthew 24. The first thing we have to look at is what did Jesus say? He said in Revelation 1 verse 1, I am showing my servants the things that must shortly come to pass. Now, does that sound like 2,000 years later? All right. So what has end time theologians done? They've read Revelation and they've tried to force it into 2,000 years later and it's still, <laughs> they're still pushing it into a futuristic gospel. Okay. So he says in Revelation 1 verse 3, you've got to understand that the time is at hand. I will show you things which might, what must happen hereafter. So a person must really be stiff-necked and hard-hearted to think that the first people who read this letter understood that it would only happen 2,000 years later. <laughs> okay. He made it so clear that it was at hand. All right. So we can see that there are other scriptures in the Bible where it was prophesied that these things would happen soon. And it did not take a thousand years. You know, pe people love to say, yeah, but one day is like a thousand years and a thousand years is like one day to the Lord. No, we have scripture that uh, that uh, declares scripture. Okay, we don't have to talk airy-fairy stuff. We've got the word in front of us that can de uh, declare and, and show us everything we need to know. Remember, I said twin scriptures. So scripture must um, declare scripture. Twin witness all right okay now here's the other religious cow i'm going to break in revelation 1 verse 4 it says john must write this letter to the seven angels so john to the seven churches which are in asia so I just want to ask you, who was John writing these letters to? He was instructed to write it to the seven churches in Asia. In Asia. The end time theologian says this is seven ages. You see, and now they're trying to stretch it that we now in the sixth or seventh uh, uh, church age. No, no, he, this has got nothing to do with church ages. John was speaking to the seven churches. Nowhere does it even hint that there are seven church ages, like some people are teaching. Okay. Did the people understand this? Of course they understood this. All right. So 
what I need you to see in the first chapter of the book of Revelation came into fulfillment shortly after it was written. And the, the seven churches understood exactly what John was saying. All right. So in, in um, I'm just giving you a quick summary tonight of Revelation 1. And it's going to tie up with Matthew 24. So we now know that things must happen soon. This is now John, who's on the Isle of Patmos. And the word says that he's in the tribulation. There's no big tribulation to come. He's in the tribulation. I, John, who am your brother and companion in the tribulation. You guys have heard of the tribulation. This terrible, horrendous tribulation that is coming and you will have to pay with your life. Um, you know, you've heard about all of this. You've seen the movies. But John says, I am your brother and I'm already in the tribulation. So the tribulation, now listen to this. The tribulation that John was in was foretold in Matthew 24. Remember, we're busy with Matthew 24. In Matthew 24, verse 21. He says, for then, Jesus is now telling his disciples, they want to know, okay, when is all this happening? Jesus said, then shall be a great tribulation, such as not uh, been seen since the beginning of the world to this time. Now, I want to tell you guys, it was so bad that the blood flowed down the streets. This is in history. That's how bad that tribulation was. I don't want to speak about how bad, but even pregnant mothers ripped open. The blood flowed down the streets. It was the time of Passover, I think, and three million Jews gathered in Jerusalem. And then they, they were like in a it, they were already there, like they were already in a prison, enclosed, just before the destruction of Jerusalem. Okay. So now, let's go to the timing. Matthew um, 24 verse 29 says, so first Jesus said, listen to what I'm saying. You want to know when? Okay. This is when it's going to happen. The end of the age. They asked him, when is the end of the age? Okay. And many translations speak about the end of this world. Sons of God, we need to study the word because the word has been interpreted into different languages and we've lost a little bit of the meaning, the true meaning of it. Okay. And that is why so many have gone off course with the end time teachings. When he says the end of this world, he's actually speaking of some translations are correct. They say the end of this age. So Jesus was saying something was coming to end, coming to the end in that age. Because Matthew 23, verse 36 says, I say to you, all these things shall come upon this generation. Go and look at your Bible in Matthew 24. When, when the disciples asked Jesus, when is all this going to happen? He said, it's going to come in your time, in this generation. Your time meaning a generation was 40 years. Um, so, 
He said, listen to this. I say to you, all these things shall come upon this generation. Verse 34, Matthew 24, 34. I say to you, this generation, who was Jesus speaking to? The disciples. He said, this generation shall not pass till all these things be done. Luke 21 says the same thing. I say to you, this generation shall not pass away till all be fulfilled. So we can clearly see Jesus was talking about that generation. That generation that was alive. Okay? You can see it in the following verse. Luke 7 verse 31. And the Lord said, Whereunto shall I liken the men of this generation? He, um, and to what are they like? Verse 33 says, For John the Baptist came neither eating nor drinking wine, and you say he has a devil. The Son of Man came eating and drinking, and you say he's a glutton and a wine drinker, a friend of publicans and sinners. In Luke 11 verse 29, he began to say, This is an evil generation. They seek a sign, and there shall be no sign given but the sign of Jonah the prophet. He was talking to, about himself, that he would die and he would be resurrected within three days. For as Jonah was a sign unto the Ninevites, so shall the Son of Man be the sign to this generation. So what was the sign? Jesus would be in the grave for three days as Jonah was in the belly of the fish. And who saw the grave for three days? That generation. Isn't that awesome? Man, this is blowing out of the water, all these end time theologies. Okay. And then he says why it's going to come upon that generation. He says in Luke 11 verse 50, the blood of all the prophets. Remember, all the prophets that came were killed. God sent so many prophets to Israel, but they were killed. Israel killed their own prophets. That the blood of all the prophets which was shed from the foundation of the world oh, may be required of this generation. Ooh. So Jesus said, this is the days of vengeance until all things be fulfilled. From the blood of Abel to the blood of Zacharias, which perished between the altar and the temple, I say to you, it shall be required of this generation. Matthew 24, Jesus said, all the signs of this will come, this will all take place in this generation. This generation shall not pass away until you see the fulfillment of all these signs. Okay. So a generation is 40 years. Jesus ministered on earth around about 30 AD, right? So that generation would, would, uh, went into 70 AD. And when the Bible says, when it speaks about the elements will burn, I want to get to that. Oh, do you remember? We were told the elements would burn. The earth would blow up. Well, I want to tell you something. The Greek word 
actually used for elements. Now, this is where it, the end-time people try and force those scriptures into, it's still going to happen. The elements, the heaven and the earth will burn. And there will be destruction. The Greek word Peter used for elements, listen to this, is stachion. This word appears five other times in the New Testament, okay? Galatians, Colossians, Hebrew. And in each occurrence, it refers to the rudimentary principles of the Mosaic law. Wow. So everything that represented the ministry of condemnation, which was the law, everything that was a reminder, the temple, Jerusalem, burnt down. That was the elements that would burn in 70 AD. You see, now everything is busy going open. Woohoo! Okay. So is there any questions? Are you guys, um, yes, this is the other thing I want to say. Remember I said last week, the, the word of God says, um, and this is what they also use. They say the sign of the son of man. No, the judgment upon Jerusalem. Jesus said, you will see the sign of the son of man in heaven. Now we thinking he means a sign in heaven. No, 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 he's saying it's not about, he's saying it's the sign of the Son of Man who is in heaven. So, you see, <laughs> it's, it's, it's not speaking, the phrase in heaven defines the locality of the Son of Man and not of the sign. You understand? So we can explain this so easily. We can just, I mean, it just changes the whole interpretation. The judgment on Jerusalem was the sign of the fact that the Son of Man was now reigning in heaven. And everything that he prophesied would happen to Jerusalem. This was now the time. This was now the time that all things that was prophesied would be fulfilled. Okay. Right. Is there anyone you want to ask any questions, anything you want us to discuss? Now, let me just give you a bit of time, but I think we are recording. So maybe we must do it at the end of the time, end of the, the, the word. Okay. Um, what about, we said we were going to talk about the day of the Lord. The day of the Lord. It's mentioned in 2 Peter 3 verse 10. The day of the Lord will come like a thief in the, in the night. Okay. So Revelation confirms prophecies even in, from Moses in Deuteronomy that spoke about the destruction of Israel. Even from Deuteronomy, it was prophesied. Okay. So the book of Revelation affirms that both Moses and Peter were prophesying of the destruction of the Jewish state. So here we find in Revelation 15 verse 3, they were actually singing the song of Moses. 
which concerned the end of the old covenant Israel. And in response to this song, now listen to this, the day of the Lord came as a thief, just as Peter predicted, which was the burning down of Jerusalem 70 AD. Now think of all the movies that have been made. I don't know if all of you watched it, The Thief in the Night. I remember we watched it and we were shaking with fear. <laughs> I remember in school we were shaking with fear watching The Thief in the Night. So the day of the Lord came as a thief, just as Peter predicted in 2 Peter 3 verse 10, and destroyed the great city where the Lord was slain, which could be no other city than the first century Jerusalem. Whoo, how's that? Okay, so let's go on with, um, I want to talk about, I've got a list for anyone who's interested. It's amazing to see, remember I said, in Revelation you find so many scriptures, it confirms so many scriptures and prophecies from the Old Testament or the word right through. Okay. So in Revelation, there's a there's a, a, a twin scripture, a confirming scripture in the Old Testament. I've got a whole list of it. Okay. So let's go and talk about um, the coming. Let's now, because this is this is what you're going to be asked about. All right. You're going to hear people talking about, yes, but Jesus is coming out. This is the signs of the time. Can't you see the destruction on the earth and, and everything that's happening now? All right. So the first, um, the first little bit of summary I did, we saw that the book of Revelation is about things which will happen soon. Okay. And we saw that John was in the tribulation. So don't let them speak about there's coming in tribulation. This tribulation was so bad that the blood was flowing through the streets when they killed the Jews. And um, I'm just talking, you can go and read it in history. So Revelation 1 verse 17 says, Behold, he comes with clouds, and every eye shall see him, and they who pierced him. There you go. Who pierced him? So he's not speaking about anything in the future. He said, when he comes, and remember there are different comings. Some are visible, some are invisible. Every eye shall see it, and they which pierced him. And all and um, and all the kindreds of the earth will wail because of him. Okay. So if you don't know your Bible, you'll immediately jump to the conclusion that this is talking about the second coming. All right, you will think of, you know, the way they talk. Yes, Jesus is coming soon. But this is already 2,000 years later, which then would make John a false prophet. <laughs> because his prophecy is just not coming to pass. But if you know the Old Testament, all right, especially the, like the early church did, you will see a completely different message in this. Jesus said, Listen to this. He will come in his kingdom in this generation. 
the generation that was standing in front of him. In Matthew, he says, there is some of you that are standing here, which will not taste of death till they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. He's not speaking to you. He's not speaking to anybody, but he was speaking to the disciples standing in front of him. There's no explaining it away. The coming Jesus spoke about could not be 2,000 years later. Okay. So John also confirmed this in Revelation 1 verse 9. Because he said, I, John, who is your brother and companion in tribulation and in the kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ. So John was in the kingdom. The kingdom was already revealed. So the kingdom came. All right. Jesus said he'll come in his kingdom. And those standing there, they will see all this happening. So Jesus said the tribulation would come in that generation. Please, guys, go and read Matthew 24. So that when, when you hear people speaking about this, you can bring you can bring revelation. Because it's going to set people free. All right. Otherwise, we don't know what the time is. The time is now to manifest the glory of God, the full stature and image of the sons. That is now what the time is. Now, let's go. Okay. So, the, the coming in Matthew 24, verse 30, and Matthew 16, verse 28, would happen. It's all the same coming, and it's and it says it will come in that generation. In Matthew 16, he's talking about coming in his kingdom. While Matthew 24 says he's coming with power and great glory. The word kingdom means king's domain, talking about his power and his glory. And it came with the kingdom, came his power, and came the glory. Okay. And it all already came in that generation. So, so I'm, I hope I'm just clearing up some things you've heard and that it's becoming more and more um, clear to you. So I want to speak about, just quickly, how many comings are there in the Bible? What does the Bible mean with the coming of the Lord? We've been trained. This is where we need a new hard drive. We've been trained um, to every time we hear about a coming, that it's talking about the second coming. But there are many comings in the Bible. Genesis 11 verse 5, and the Lord came down. Genesis 18, I will go down, says God. Exodus, for the third day, the Lord will come down. Exodus again, and the Lord came down. Numbers. And I will come down. And there are so many more. I mean, in Exodus 13, it says, And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of the cloud. And the Lord said to Moses, I will come to you in a thick cloud. And the Lord came down in a cloud. This, I can read them all, but they're stacks. All right? Um Revelation 3 verse 3, if you don't watch, I will come, and he did come, as a thief, and you will not know what hour I will come. 
speaking to Israel and he came as a thief in the night because they were they did not believe in the Messiah. So they did not take this prophecy seriously. Otherwise, they would have repented. Okay. So now you can see when God, when the scriptures speak about all these comings, is not speaking about the second coming. Okay. Look at um, Matthew 10, 23. He says, when people mistreat you in one town, hurry to another. I promise you that before you've gone through all the towns of Israel, the Son of Man will come. There it is. There it is. He was speaking to his disciples. So don't you think by then all the, the, the disciples had gone through the towns of Israel, preaching the gospel. And, um, yeah, we know he was not talking about the second coming. So you can see all these comings are not talking about the second coming. Okay. All right. So, um, we need to determine uh, what is the coming of the Lord. So I've spoken about it, but let's just go through it quickly. In Matthew 16, verse 28, Jesus said, before some of those standing here taste, to taste death, they will see the coming of the Lord. Before they taste death, some of them will not die. They will see the coming of the Lord. Speaking about the sign of of the Son of Man, which is in heaven, and which was the judgment upon Jerusalem 70 AD. Okay. So, I hope that clears up chapter 24. Is there any um, any questions or anything any of you would like to discuss? Shira, you can stop the recording now.